0: Heads up! If you haven't read Red Rising, you are going to want to tread cautiously on this one. Any and all of the books in the series are fair game.
1: Welcome to Words and Whiskey Short Pours, a monthly podcast where we have a fun time discussing fictional worlds and the people that create them all while boozing just a little bit. My name is Cross... And my
0: name is PJ. We're tinkering with a new intro, which is fun. So (laughs) this is...
1: Total chaos. Um. So, today's episode is one that's been brewing for a long time, uh, we've, we've been talking about doing this for so long, and I am so very excited to welcome our guest today, she is the artist behind PB Doodles and Grumpy Sea Urchin.
0: Are we going to try to pretend that this was one recording, or are we just going to address it right away?
1: Great question. Um, I think it's more fun to address it being like, ah yes, damaged audio, <laughs> and the reason we came here
2: just pretend oh, we can just pretend like it never happened and just have everyone be completely confused
1: yeah yeah just be like yeah uh, this is just additional stuff you missed out on some previous information it's fine
2: we all had to do a wardrobe change and a lighting change so no big deal guys
1: uh so i'm just gonna run through i realized that i fucking said this like three different ways yesterday is it brie brie's fine brianna brianna which way do you say it
2: Bri, Brianna, Brianna, Sorry, okay.
1: okay.
2: It's, like it, it's gotten to the point where it's like I have so many names at this point that I just kind of respond to. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I don't know, guys.
1: Well, we are very glad to have you on the show tonight, today, this afternoon. we really excited
2: afternoon. to be here because I know, like, we talked about doing this a long time. So I'm like super stoked. This is great. Yeah,
1: we're we're very excited. So we're gonna kick it off kind of right away. For those of you who are listening to this, I may or may not keep this. We lost the first part of our interview. (laughs) So we are like restarting right here, right now. Um, And then it'll cut in later, maybe to the other thing. Maybe it won't. Maybe this will go into the void. Who knows? But I wanted to break in and obviously have a conversation discussing the project that you've coming out with Should Escalates uh, and Midnight Cards. What can you tell us about the collaboration and the collaborators and the project in general? What brought you together? Why playing cards?
2: Why playing cards? All these people so um playing cards because that's what randy does and that's how he approached the project to me uh i was out hiking and i got this like uh instagram message from like this guy who's, and it was like it was super professional It was like hey my name is randy butterfield like paragraph 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 and i'm like okay um i'll read it and i didn't take it really seriously at first i mean i was just like eh, everyone wants it there's like there's i get like I'm not going to say I get propositioned because that sounds real bad, but I guess that's the right word for it. Uh, like projects all the time. So I was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll just, I'll look at this, like when I get to the car. And so I, you know, brought it back up and was like, oh, wow, he's actually serious. He actually wants to do these playing cards and he does really good playing cards. Like, okay, cool. You know, it's it's a serious business. Like he, on his Instagram page, he had all the past decks he'd done. He had like pictures of, you know, his setup at Comic-Con and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, he's actually has some like, substance to uh what he wants so i messaged him and i'm like absolutely this is like so much fun i'm so excited oh, what do you need from me and so he's like well you know give me the file for ragnar and darrow and we'll do it some mock-up cards and like it was perfect because like i had done a, a collaboration with should escalate before so i already had a direct line to joel and so i told randy i'm like get this to me as soon as you can which randy is wildly organized which is scary so he had it to me like <laughs> very quickly I sent everything off to Joel, and then I messaged Joel, and I was like, hey, I have something for you to look at. Like, whenever you're ready, just look at it. And surprisingly, Joel got back to me, and I say surprisingly, because we all joke with him, like, like he, he'll take his phone and then, like, get a text message and then toss it into a lake. So uh, it's uh, me. PJ. It's also PJ,
1: for sure. It's impossible to communicate. <laughs>
2: But I was like, super shocked that we got like, we got a response back and, and Joel was like, holy shit, let's do it. This is fantastic. I'm so excited. Let me show Pierce. And like Pierce, like apparently, according to Joel, I have the the message somewhere. Pierce was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Um, And so um, we have all these little baby, like our little, our little presentation. I, I still have it somewhere. And so that was like immediately like, we're going to do this. So, we all sat together and we decided which 14 characters we wanted in the deck. And there was a, um, some back and forth there. And once we got that nailed down, I had to go ahead and do all these rough drafts for these characters, which took forever. Um, that was a <laughs> thing. Because there's a ton of new characters I'd never drawn before. And I was just like, oh, So, and then Pierce has to like them. It's not in around on Instagram anymore. So,
1: there's there's so many of those, too, in the deck. We we got an advanced copy uh, and Nero, like in particular, looks fantastic. Um, <laughs> all of them look fantastic. That's that's like underplaying it for sure. But like, I definitely want to leave some surprises for folks. Um, but there's so many new portraits and like approaching those. How would you feel about that?
2: Yeah, it was really daunting. Um, I. I I know in our, our last like our, our first recording I was talking about like how like I had to I wanted to stick as close to the source material as like physically possible. And so um like Nero to me in my mind was like had like elements of Peter Cushing, which according to Pierce was correct. Um but like I can't take all the credit. Pierce is a very, very specific on how he describes his character, so it made my job super easy. Um, so yeah, Nero had a lot of some Peter Cushing cheekbones going on there and some uh I'm not gonna do my impression, never mind. Um <laughs> anyway. And then you know the sovereign was like like I didn't want to draw the sovereign as Tilda Swinton or Swanton Swift, whatever. Swinton,
1: yeah. You, you had it.
2: <laughs> lady from Doctor Strange, that lady, um, I love her. I think her face is beautiful, but like uh the sovereign is described as being a handsome woman with a uh like basically a Roman nose and strong jawline, which Tilda does not have. So um a lot of like, you know, the process of drawing these characters is like I use the reference material, but not in the way people think I do. Like I have Pinterest boards full of thousands of facial features that I like. And so it's like putting together a very complicated puzzle and then trying to make those pieces fit. So like I'll see a nose that I like or a nostril I like. I don't know. There's there's so many like little tiny elements to the human face and i just
1: fascinating.
2: So it's like doing a collage, like, you know, in preschool, we'd like cut out little like magazines and make our own faces. So it's kind of like that. Um, but I have to make all the proportions work. So um, that was a that was a fun challenge because, you know, you're not only are you drawing these characters, but you're pulling them out of the ether. Um, and then if I had already drawn the characters before, they had to be somewhat like cohesive with the, you know, the other characters I'd drawn. So there were some characters that i only drawn uh, face on. When you turn a, a human to the side, their profile is very, like in my, in, in my opinion, it's very hard to predict what a person's profile looks like from face on. Because some people have face on and you, they turn to the side and you're like, that's a totally different person. So there was a lot of like um, spatial play and I'm really bad at spatial orientation. So that was really, really rough for me to do um so after we got all of the rough drafts done i sent him to joel and then joel sent them to pierce and then we all waited uncomfortably <laughs> and uh pierce got back and he was like so awesome. he was so nice uh like he was just I, like I, I don't know like he's just some nice guy so like if he had any critiques or, there wasn't very many he's like that character's nose is a little bit too big but like that was it and i was just like just so, so happy. I don't want to do so much extra work. So we got those approved. Um, then they came back to me for like so many edits because I was the one made the perfectionist. I'm like, I don't like that, I don't like that. We like shade, whatever, and then put the final touches on. And then I sent them to Randy and Joel. They looked at them again, they kind of did placements and then would run back to me because contrasting stuff was weird. Uh, we print cards, it goes from something called RGB to CMYK because most printers are CMYK. So we had to make sure all the colors lined up. Um, And yeah, so that was a pain. And so most of the process, because this was actually like proposed back in March, most of the process was just like hurry up and wait, like in a government building. Um, Or, you know, just the finer two details that are super boring to talk about. But it is the creative process. So yeah.
1: It is. That's the trick of drafts, awesome. right? Like, no one ever wants to talk about drafting and, like, how that whole process works. They're just like, oh, the end product is so good. And it's like, you should have seen it when it was a fucking stick figure. Like, it was awful.
2: Joel wants me to post some of my, like, super rough drafts. Characters, and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to, Joel. <laughs> Please don't for <take> me. <laughs> like, I, like I look at my rough drafts and I'm like, I swear I can draw you guys. <laughs> um, they're, they're bad. But I, I, I might. I don't know. You
1: know, it can be fun to see that evolution, but it can also be stressful. Um, I know, you know, just from a this probably won't end up in it, but just from like a a friend to friend perspective, like I have been writing and working on this book forever. And I think all of my friends at various points have been like, give me a draft, give me a draft, give me a draft. I've been like, fuck, no, this is awful. There's so much trash in here. I can't I can't do that. Nope.
2: Yeah. So, like, I had three of my friends um, were my focus group i guess if you will that i would send like pictures of my progress to, and like they're very good friends because when you show your friends like your rough draft you're basically like parading naked in front of them being like look at me but <laughs> yeah, don't exactly um,
1: look at me but don't judge
2: <laughs> yes exactly like avert my nice but also i need feedback um so like i <laughs> i have really good friends and you know very like they were, I can take constructive criticism from people I care about. Like, so it was fine. It was like, you know, I, I think maybe that this needs to be, you know, oriented or, you know, this facial feature looks weird or, or whatever. So that was good, but a very stressful. I honestly think sometimes like sending my friends some of these pictures was more stressful than me to send them to Pierce. Because my friends know me well enough to be like, yo, bitch, that looks awful. That really <laughs> said that. But. So they probably thought and <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than I had a focus group, and <laughs> oh yeah, sharing your rough drafts really hard.
1: Yeah, and and you had this project going on at the same time as the late night letterer project. project yeah, oh, that's right. right. Yeah, nerdy yanks.
2: On top of all of these like designs that I was doing with the card deck, I was also um doing the uh I guess line art or like pra- the templates. We call them templates. Uh, for Alexis's um book covers and so it all hit at once because alexis we had the book covers planned for months and months and months and i was just like you know contact me whenever you're ready and of course when she was ready it was literally right when we were ready to start designing cards which in the end did actually turn out to be a good thing because i was able to keep everything cohesive uh like the Cassius on the cards is basically the same template that we used for the book because i had actually drawn another Cassius in profile but pierce was like i like that one I'm like, okay, let's go with the one that Pierce likes. Um, so that's one of the reasons. Like, like there's a few cards in there that aren't in profile. Um, and it was just because that's just, like, Pierce liked it better. So, you know, Howler 1 has final say. Uh, so, yeah, it was very, 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 very stressful because I was also working on a couple other projects at the same time. So trying to um, time manage, and I am the queen of horrific time management, was uh, something, something of legend.
1: I mean, the good news is, is around you, it sounds like you had incredibly organized partners. So that that feeds into like.
2: So like Joel is also Joel. I don't know if you've seen Joel's art. Joel is a fantastic, exceptionally talented artist. And he he and I joke all the time. But we're like, we are definitely artist brained. Randy, however, was like he had like Clydesdale blinders on. He was just like laser focused the entire time. (laughs) He kept us on track. He was like, you should see Randy's emails. They are like bullet point paragraph categories, Excel spreadsheets. And when I would write back, I'd be like, this looks great. Very good. <laughs> I mean, if it were not for Randy, I don't actually think this project would have been as amazing as it, you know, it turned out to be. Because Randy was, um, Randy was uh, leading from the front and the back, keeping us all on, on focus or on task. So mm-hmm. everyone needs a Randy as a project manager.
0: I I want to go backwards just a little bit. You mentioned how... Pierce is pretty descriptive in all of his, um, all of his characters. Are there any that were a little bit more sparse and you needed to take more freedoms in their design?
2: Um, since so I don't have it with me, I usually have a spare card deck with me for some reason.
0: Because you're you're just like this is so
1: cool, so you just keep it with you. Yeah,
2: it's like a child. is like look what I did. Can hold it? Look at it. <laughs> so, oh yeah, okay, so. The characters that were a little less descriptive than I would have liked them to be. We don't really get a good description and like maybe we do, but like the mind scenes are like not my favorite, so I kinda like spark notes through them. Like Red Darrow, um, wasn't I, I wouldn't say he was he was described, but like in my head, like he was very, very like there was a very specific look I had and I'm not entirely sure if it was exactly how he was described. The sovereign was super hard for to draw. Um, because, you know, I think, again, it goes back to, like, people, like, I had to stay out of the Reddit subreddits for fan casting. It's because I feel like people have, like, preconceived notions, like, oh, that's not how I pictured it. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not in your head if you didn't see how you pictured it, whatever. Um, Sovereign was difficult for me to draw. Um, other than that, I think that was, like, the only one I really struggled with. Cassius I always struggle with because I don't like Cassius very much. And I've drawn him the most. But he looks like Handsome Squidward in my brain. So he's Handsome for Squidward forever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that is perfect. That is amazing. He's
2: probably the most well-described next to several out of the whole book. And, like, when Daryl, before he takes the exam, like, you have this, like, Pierce describes him as this, like, Greek statue with golden curls and, like, this chin and the nose and everything. And so, of course, I like, will write back that SpongeBob episode. But... um. Cassius, like when I was using reference material for Cassius, I was using a mix of like actual people, but just straight up Greek sculpture. Like how, you know, and there's a very, very specific style of Greek sculpture that I use for Cassius. So Cassius Mm. is hard. So sovereign. Darrow was just hard because Darrow has to live up to this like image in most people's minds. And I had already drawn Darrow, but I had to draw Darrow other side of his face and i had to keep like i had grown in my skills since i had drawn that darrow but i had to stay true to the original darrow that was so like technically that was probably the artist yeah
1: i gotta ask about roke because i'm that that person um, yes ask away how'd you how'd you come up with roke's drawing i really i really enjoy kind of the the locks that are kind of laying down on the shoulder and everything
2: um so i had drawn roke before i this was one of the first, like, Red Rising characters I'd ever drawn. Um, and I had used, like, this one picture of this guy. that I, I loved his facial features. I changed it up a little bit, but I really liked, like, that wistful. He In the picture, the guy was looking at a completely different direction. But I saw this, like, image in my head of, like, this wistful, like, poetic, like, I'm, you know, not in my own, like, off in his head. But Roke in the book is described as having, like, long, beautiful, like, golden straw hair. In the first Roke I did, he had short hair. Um, so I went ahead and, like, I think I, you know, I, I drew the other side of Roke's face. I gave him the long, beautiful hair that I wish I had. Bad. And it just kind of went from there. But Roke, like, all my babies. Like, they're not my babies. They're Pierce's characters. But, like, I don't know. They all taught me something. And i just just very grateful for the lessons that my drawings have imparted upon me. Let me go all, like, Eastern on you guys here. Yeah, anyway. So, I don't... Oh, EO was really hard for me to draw, too. Like, I... Because when we came up with the idea of having... By the way, when this episode comes out, we'll have released the Kickstarter so everyone will see the cards. So I, like, talk about whatever. Yeah. EO was really hard to draw because EO, again, is one of those characters that I feel like people have, like, a like preconceived notion of her. And, you know, Daryl is always saying, oh, she's so beautiful. And then he sees Mustang, and then he's like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. And so you're like, where is your, like, dividing line of, like, what's pretty and what's, like... So, I had to, like, draw her, like, girlish because she's 16 in the book. And that one was a challenge, too. I mean, they're all hard and easy at the same time. Not answering your question.
0: No, of course. On those on those that are were a little bit more difficult for you, did you get more feedback from Pierce? Um,
2: No. So, actually... When like I didn't tell him they were hard to draw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was literally like, here you go. I hope oh. you like. Um, and so anyway, uh yeah, Pierce is super awesome. He was super, super nice. Um, we I really honestly like I don't want to sound like a Pierce Brown simp, but he's really actually really awesome. So Um, are, is this stand the kids using these days? Like I stand Pierce Brown
1: simp, stand, whatever works.
2: I don't even know what these mean. I I just see it on Reddit and I'm like kids of these days, uh, at a uh, geriatric age of 30 now. So, you know,
1: yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Geriatric may as well be in the retirement
0: home.
2: Might as well. I feel my joints uh, crumbling away as we speak.
0: I have one additional question, um, kind of off the cuff. Off the cuff, um, what are your feelings about your work becoming not quite canon, but more more or less the official like visages That's of these characters?
2: Very uncomfortable with it. It's very <laughs> uncomfy, and um, it, it's yeah. like let me explain why it's uncomfy. It's it's uh, one of those things where like I started doing this to just screw around on Instagram. It's not canon but enough people now associate my characters with the actual book characters i don't want to get myself in hot water here like i don't want to like you know wreck the brand i i'm feeling very uncomfortable uh, on so many levels with this you know you always hope but i didn't expect it to get this big and so i was like on the holiday bacchanal i was telling pierce i'm like i feel like now i have this exceptional responsibility to be as like um, respectful and honoring of the characters as physically possible. So now I feel like this great weight of uh, drawing these characters, but I still have fun with it, but I'm still uncomfy because it it went from being like, look at this this thing I drew. Would you like to put it on your fridge to like people messaging me being like, this is how I character now. I'm like, hold up. That is too much responsibility for me. I can barely remember to eat breakfast. So... That's how I feel about it. Uncomfy. But uh, grateful. Let me just like rephrase. Super grateful. I have met so many friends and stuff on this platform. This has opened up so many doors. But just like this intense creative anxiety of making sure I get it right.
0: Right. That makes total sense. Um, Going forward, assuming you're planning on continuing to draw portraits like this of these characters... Will it change your approach on how you how you publish your your works?
2: Like like working like working with shit escalates, or just like how I approach how I do my character drawings?
0: Um either or both. Or just posting on your Instagram, like less pressure, obviously, if it's not a a part of a product, but potentially still still has that weight.
2: It it has the weight, but I I I was telling a friend or at the time we weren't quite friends yet, but I w we're really good friends now. I talked to her every day. And I was just like, the minute this stops being fun, I will stop doing it. Um because like the minute so people are like, well you should draw this character from from this, like this is this book or whatever month, but I don't have the emotional connection to it. So I feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's still fun for me and I still feel like emotionally connected to these characters. And I feel like if I try to change that, then some authentic like, authenticity will be lost in how i post on instagram so my hope is just to continue being as authentic as possible with these characters and how i draw them because it's worked so far so keep doing that
1: yeah and and that totally makes sense especially considering you know obviously like dune you're very connected to as well those portraits were awesome experimenting digital um I, I recall. I think um, you maybe also drew Kaladin or Dalinar from the Stormlight Archive. You know, the, like the.
2: Uh, I I get so. This is me and my terrible time management. It is my ultimate goal to draw the entirety of the characters from um, the Stormlight Archives because I I actually it's one of the few fantasy series I actually like. I'm gonna redraw Kaladin, because, like, I want to. And I want to redraw Yasna and I want to read. Draw Yazna, and I, want to re- I, I, Shalon is super, like, super clear in my head. And so, like, and the other one I really want to draw is, um, Kulis from Name of the Wind. Like, that character is like, bam, right in the noggin. So it, it's very difficult for, and this is one of the reasons why I don't take commissions or I keep my commissions very small. Cause like, will you draw my OC? And I'm like, I don't know you and I don't know your OC. This is going to be very bad. So.
1: Mm -hmm. right keep it keep it to what you're you're strictly passionate about which is you know imagining these characters and keeping it fun to that same degree like that's the important thing
2: exactly exactly and so that's kind of how i approach all of it um i've just like i'm trying not to complicate it because my superpower is overcomplicating things
1: i mean that's not a bad superpower to have it just you know makes it more complicated
2: you can have it if you want (laughs) it
1: No, I'm good. I do that on my own. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Like the Fantastic Five. Wait, that's not a group. Is it? Fantastic Four? I have been watching way too much Queer Eye lately, so clearly my brain is over there. Anyway.
0: (laughs) Not a bad one. Um, I think that brings us to another question. You mentioned that you, you like to draw these characters because you are passionate about them and their source. What brought you to Red Rising and how did you fall in love with it? In
2: my best, one of my best friends, Basin's Rebecca, we were painting her basement and she's like, I'm bored. Let's listen to something. She's like, What do you want to listen to? And I was like, Dude, I don't know if this is your house. You tell me. Um, Cause I don't make executive decisions because they're hard. And she was like, Okay, well, I'm going to put on Red Rising because I listen to this book multiple times a year. I think you'll really like it. And I was like, Cool. So we start book one, page one on the audiobook. And, um, It was obviously the lightning scenes, and it was good. I mean, like, I was interested in it, but I was also not really paying that much attention to it. Peebs was in a very sad space, and I was just like, I need something to just, like, I need some serious escapism. I just finished, I think I just finished Stormlight Archives, and I was like, I got nothing. So I texted Rebecca, and I was just like, what was that book called? Because I'm desperate, and I will now listen to a book that I was, like, maybe halfway interested in, which was some horrifying to, that's, that's horrifying to admit. Anyway, um, so she's like, oh, was right phrasing. You have to, like, listen to it. And I listened to it, and it took me two days. Like, so I was like, oh, <laughs> that's actually really good. Um, like, it was the carving scene, and I was just like, what? Um, and then it just, like, the, the Roman inspiration and, like, the, the, the entirety. of The first book is still, like, my, my favorite book. A lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of, like, young adult And I'm like, I don't care that book like i've listened to it so many times i I free and love it um and then i think i've like i think i've like had gone to the entire series within a month and then i started it over again because i was just like i need it i need more um and it was like a mix of like i am a humongous greek mythology buff huge massive uh same thing with like egyptian mythology i love all the ancient mythologies and so it like like spoke to me on a different level and then I love character development. Um, it's one of the things that like is like key for me when I read a book. If there's no character development, the book goes in the garbage. So the what really drew me into the books themselves was the character dynamics and character relationships and I was like, okay, cool. So then and then 2020 happened to all of us. And then the pandemic hit. And I had to close down my business. No big deal. I was kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs and I'm like, okay, like the one moment I've always wanted has happened where I literally can't work. And I guess I guess that means I have to work on my art now. And it was coming out of like six to seven year long dry spell. And during that time I had done like maybe one or two art pieces a year, if I was lucky. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to draw. Like I've just like tapped out. Like, do I draw still life? Like nobody wants to look at like an apple and an orange. Like still life is still to this day one of my least favorite things to draw. Anyway, so I was like, well, why don't I just draw, like, these characters? I love them so much. Like, let's, like, let's get back into uh, character design, which is something I'd always wanted to just give, you know, try my hand at. One thing I forgot to mention was, like, the year, no, the December of the pandemic, or December 2019, I was actually, one of my friends, um, whose her, her name is Skirts. Um, she's one of Deviant Art's top artists. I have really bizarre connections. Um, we were actually out for coffee, um, in December. And I said, like, Allie, like, I can't do this job anymore. It, it's tearing me apart. Like, I'm, I'm bored. I've been doing this for seven years. Like, I, I want to try to give this art thing a go. And she was just like, well, my only advice to you is, like, you actually have to sit down and do it every single day. And you have to, like, if you have to realize, like, it's going to be super hard and it's gonna suck but the alternative is you're gonna do your whatever uh, the other thing forever if you don't actually make a change so the then of course like january hit and it's weird the virus started happening and then uh, i had to shut my business down and i was like well i guess now is the time to show up every day and ali does a lot of character art for final fantasy and disney and stuff she got really unpopular because of her disney stuff and so i was like she told me like if you want to try to make art work for you why don't you pick like something that you love so much that you can share with people and that it will resonate with them um so it's so like okay well i don't know what the fan base for red rising is like but i like it so i'm just gonna draw i, I drew the jackal first but it wasn't really the job and then i drew several actually and then like i got to screw around because at that time i had like 150 followers and like i'm gonna draw a ballpoint pen and i'm gonna throw shiny shit on it and i'm gonna pretend like i'm a crow, and this is gonna be fantastic and then it started getting attention and i was just like i have i have friends and they like it yay and so like you have those little like dopamine hits so or you're like we want more and you're like okay i guess i'll draw more this is gonna be fun so um and then i just started i just kept drawing and people started requesting stuff and i started making friendships and i started getting like involved with like discord channels and. It became like literally like a sanity saver when we were all isolated, um, and it like the Red Rising community like just literally pulled me through that that whole phase of whatever twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one was. Um, so that's how it all started.
1: It's such a good story.
2: It's a good
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's also it's really interesting we were, we were afforded kind of the similar opportunity to start this whole thing in the same sort of vein. And it's so cool to have like watch this whole page. I was obsessed with red rising and I saw the spring out of nowhere. And that was part of the impetus to like start the whole, it was just like, there was, there was the series of events that led to all of us doing this kind of shit at the same time. And it was so cool and so very glad, you know, it's, it was just awesome.
2: I just, I, I look back at where I was like a year and a half ago and then I look and where I'm at now and how many like creators I know now and how much more awesome my life is. And I'm just like kind of grateful that everything. falls followed-
1: <laughs> What's the, it's like a cheesy Nicholas yeah. Sparks time line. Uh, I'm not even drinking. This is awful. Um, <laughs> cheesy, cheesy Nicholas Sparks line, but like everything falls apart to fall back together. Right. Or things fall apart to fall back together. That might actually be a Chinwei Achebe line um, from Things Fall Apart, but I don't remember. Anyway, I, I'm the quote dude and I can't remember the quote. So maybe I need something to drink.
2: I just, I just, yeah, I know the pandemic just opened up a lot of like creative opportunities for everyone. And I think that's really, really awesome because I think, I just, I honestly think most people just really just want to create. And I, I, I just love that most people just were forced to. Mm hmm. Yeah, right? So cool. So cool. Now, I want to know which one's your favorite cards.
1: Man, favorite, looking at these. You know, I really enjoyed the teeth bared on both Ragnar and Aja. I was just kind of curious why there wasn't a third, but at the same time there is. Like, Severo has his teeth bared. The pairings are what, like, I was trying to work out. How'd you, going back to this, how'd you guys decide your, like, pairings of characters?
2: So, this one was a, like this was another one of the deliberation things where we really went back and forth. So, let me pull it back up. So, obviously, the suite of hearts is obvious like it's Severo, Darrow, and Mustang. Yeah, like, it's
1: the primary three. That makes total sense.
2: They go together and you just can't separate them. So, um, and then I know, like, so the Ragnar, Aja, and Cassius—they were all grouped together because, of, in my in my view of the scene in Morningstar, um, because, like, yeah, and so you have this idea of com- complete opposing forces um, that are all represented in that suite. So you have like the gold of Aja, like the, the true gold, and then you have Cassius, who's kind of like stupid. I didn't say that out loud. Oh, I did. No, you did. It's okay. These opposing forces and also uh, their major players in, in that scene. So we grouped them together. The outcast one, uh, the outcast suite was uh, Fitchner, Adrius, and uh, Victra. And they were all golds that didn't quite fit the mold. So Victra's off doing mm-hmm. her own thing. Um, she represents a completely different part of like House Julia where she ends up joining the Rising. Of course, you have Fitchner who is, you know aries and then you have adrius who's literally running his own program at all times so you had the outcast and then the final suite was like those are the core golds so you have what what gold is supposed to represent you have obviously the then you have um rank who it embodied what gold was supposed to be and then of course uh what's his butt uh nero so that's how we grouped them all together so it was more like a, a character pairing um and in what they represent than anything else and of course the jokers were i mean it's you can't figure that one out i can't help yet
1: <laughs> that is that's fantastic i've I've been trying to work that out for a while and i hadn't spent that much time staring at the image to like really work that out but i i love that as an explanation for exactly where these line up and it totally makes sense it's perfect
2: yeah and so it was one of those things where like i was pretty insistent on it like i was pretty insistent on that's how that they should be paired together i didn't want to be that person but i was like this is the only thing that makes logical sense to me, guys, we should really do it this way. And that was probably one of the only things I was super pushy on when um, designing the card decks. I After that, I told Randy to just do whatever the heck he wanted with how he placed them and everything like that. But I was like, they have to be grouped this way because it's the only way that makes sense with the 14 characters we have. I'm not usually a pushy person.
0: No, I, I think that makes total sense. And I think I completely agree with you. To answer your question, I think my favorite of the portraits is Victra.
2: Victra? Yeah, so Pierce is like...
0: Still there, it's so good.
2: I want to... I'm going to find that email and then I'll I'll send you a picture of it. But Pierce is like, she's like hot as fuck or something like that. (laughs) It's just like... Thank you, Pierce. I tried. Like, I wanted her to be a, a, like, the vixen. I don't know if he actually said that, but that was the tone I got. So she's one of my favorites. That
1: was the answer in your head, regardless of what he actually said. It was like, yes.
2: I gotta find that. I know Raid's, Raid, you gotta have that email somewhere. And then.
1: Gosh, so cool. So, PJ, you said Victor. I also really, really like Fitchner, for the record. Fitchner is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's definitely my number two.
2: I love drawing Fitchner. Fitchner was fantastic to draw because he's, like, described as an ugly gold. Like, what does an ugly gold look like? They're not actually ugly because they're still golds, but he still has to have facial features that don't work, right? Mm-hmm. So.
0: That so very perfectly matches what I imagined him as. Like, it's.
2: Amazing.
0: amazing amazing. I'm that
1: perfect. hatchet nose is like my nose from a portrait and my dad's nose and my brother's nose unless my brother's he's got a little bit more of a button nose but um it is just yeah like i always hear your hatchet face and i'm like secretly i know that that's the way that my nose portrays itself on my face um and i just like i look at that and i'm like mm, that's that's well done that one that one gets me too
2: i think you know mm. people and noses are funny like i think yep. people picture like hatchet face like they think of like the, the the actress who's known as hatchet face and in a way like maybe but when you're talking about gold and again, i'm not pierce brown, so i can't speak for pierce brown but when i'm you know when i was envisioning that Severo, because um uh fichner i had to pull some of Severo's fashion features and slap them onto Fitchner so they look like they were related like the nose was my mm-hmm. favorite thing to draw on Fitchner because like for one uh, my husband has a nose that's very similar to that as well and I've always liked Roman noses, so I was just like, I get to actually draw like an actual person's nose. Because in a lot of illustrations you see today, everyone has just the, the straight European nose. So,
1: noses. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of your kind of your, your drawings in general and, and kind of what, what you're enjoying um, drawing, if you had to pick a favorite child, um, which child would you pick?
2: hate that you pick this question. I hate, the, I hate <laughs> it so much. What is it? say, how dare you? How dare you, Cross?
1: <laughs> how dare you shirt's coming soon.
2: <laughs> I want that shirt. This is like one of my favorite phrases. That's all I can say is how dare you? How dare you ask me this? When I ask you who your favorite, do you have kids, Cross?
1: I do not. I do not. So I
2: can't ask you that. See?
1: Right. Right.
2: <laughs> well, if you did, you'd be like, how could I possibly answer that? Because
0: Cross is the kind of person that would absolutely pick a favorite child. It's
1: true. I actually okay, keep, never mind. <laughs> I keep curated lists of like my top fifty favorite things in every category because I'm a psycho. It's a completely okay. different problem though.
2: Well, in that case, I can't help you there.
1: Yeah. That's, I'm just that's concerned for you. You should be. <laughs> I
2: am. I feel like I don't have ever I don't really ever have a favorite, but I have like a top <clears throat> like a top twenty hits. Um like type of deal going on where I'm like, all of these are fan like my favorite, like um, I still have like a nice squishy spot of my heart for the first Darrow I ever, and then Drive, and like I don't know if they're my favorites or if I'm just nostalgic. This is hard. I I refuse to answer this question.
0: Um, <laughs> I I guess I'll riff on it a little bit. Are there any okay. of your drawings that, given the opportunity, you would add into the decks of cards that aren't already in there?
2: No. Okay. Except for maybe Mustang, but um, they were all just like, like one of the drawings I've already done. at our that? Yeah. Or oh no. Okay. No, and I think I think uh, I think they're all exactly right where they need to be.
0: Perfect. That's good. That's great. That's a
2: plus. That is my confident, non-committal aunt.
1: <laughs> Perfectly in line um totally totally understand that so you know obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about red rising hopefully all of that's recorded um if not we'll go back (laughs) and talk about the cards again for sure but as it stands are there any other fictional worlds that have like infected your mind in the same kind of way i'm just curious about like what other where where else your brain goes
2: um star wars which is not a big secret um like it's it's bad, guys. I have pictures of me going to high school events dressed up like Princess Leia. I'm not sorry.
0: Were they dressed like Were um, they Were they costume events?
2: No, they were not costume <laughs> events. PJ, oh, I'm sad even, to say. Oh, oh,
0: oh! <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> okay.
2: I I was one of those kids. I wasn't a theater kid. I was just a weird kid. Um, my first black eye came from a lightsaber, Shipped my eyebrow bone. Oh, okay. um, I played, Knights of the Little Republic more times than I care to admit. Um, I had, I, when I was 14 years old, I sewed my own rideable tauntaun. It was actually for my brother. You know, so my love of Star Wars is like, like, like knit to the age difference between my brother and I. I was the older sister. We had an eight year difference. So like, I got to be the cool older sister and I got to play all the video games and we would eat chicken nuggets and play video games for like hours. (laughs) And just, I've seen the original trilogy more times than I can count. Um, I... Read some of the books, but I was mostly a video game girl. um Just all of the classics. You have like Kyle Katarn, and and like just all of them. All of them. I love them so. Much. I love all of it. It gets bad, guys. Like I have an <laughs> unboxed action figure of my absolute favorite Sith Lord, Revan. Of course, my mind will not be changed. Um, I have I have some. I'm not gonna say I have so many action figures that are unboxed, but I have i see you. so I can retire when I'm 90. You know.
1: you know, that's actually no joke. So I don't... PJ's probably heard the story maybe only once or twice. I don't know how much we've talked about it. But when I was growing up, um, my dad had an unhealthy obsession with Star Wars, and I grew up around it, and I love Star Wars, always have. Um, I've read I read 100% of the now legacy canon. Like, we have all of the books. <laughs> um, so super nerds there. Um, and that's probably a big part of the reason that I, like, appreciate Red Rising as much as I do. My dad can also... This is just ridiculous. Why am I Why am I bragging about my dad? But he can actually recite the entire episode four front to back in pace, in tandem, line <laughs> for line, the whole thing. It is a party oh. trick. You can say, pick up this scene and he'll just do it. And it is mind blowing.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: It is. It is insane. But he had a closet um, in our in our basement, like a full back furnace room that like maybe 500 square feet wall to wall, unboxed action figures, all of them.
2: She walk in and All the angels saying and like this
1: divine yes. light. Yep. Yeah. It was it was insane. <laughs> uh he he kept it for most most of our childhood life and then uh sold it when I was probably like uh 14, 15, and bought a really expensive uh triathlon bike that he rode for a while that is now in my room over here that I have. So I have the liquidated version of the Star Wars stuff in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and But <laughs>
2: That's amazing. It's amazing. Did you uh, like at least like name the bike something Star Wars I, related in I memory? I should have.
1: I haven't named it anything. So maybe, maybe that's what I need to do is come up with the name for the bike at this point. Like, um, if you
2: said you dressed up like, just say, Jank or a Boba, you I'd, could call up, like the both, Slave but, Three. Yeah. Just like throw in a number.
0: Right. That's true. That, that's not a bad yeah. idea. Is that why it's black <laughs> with red accents?
1: Is that why the bike is black with red accents? Yeah.
0: Like, was it was it thematically chosen?
1: <laughs> the sith lord bike we did call it that when he was riding it <laughs> that's awesome it is yeah it, i mean it it's pretty solid um good bike anyway point being uh it sold for a ridiculous amount of money all told so he used that for that and paying off his student loans so
2: yeah because like, triathlon bikes are really expensive Hey, i get like josh was in triathlons for a while and so like his boss actually gave him a triathlon bike that was that's a story in and of itself, but, like, he was looking at bikes, and I'm going, like, okay, like, if we just, like, save this much. Thankfully, it did come to that, because I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a
1: loan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Star Wars is definitely your choice. Star Are there-
2: Wars, yeah, it has impacted my growing up more than probably any other science fiction novel, except maybe just the first of Dune all right so
1: yes yes There we go and that's why you went on the whole you were very into um dune of course right when it came out and kind of had that whole reaction to the movie as did we to the point of where we interrupted our main feed and had this whole <laughs> fucking side <laughs> episode about how good dune was which Fan is also screaming. is also the like impetus to start this channel so like this is that's kind of the whole thing here um was because of of that and kind of the reaction to that and those thoughts so I totally feel you there. PJ, I'm curious. I don't think I've ever picked your mind on this. Is there any other fictional world that's ever impacted you seriously? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay. That's just checking. That's it. I just had to double check.
2: See, that's like, so I'm Star Wars. Josh is Lord of the Rings. Mm. So like I have my Star Wars stuff and then he has his like his Lord of the Rings shelf and we just compliment.
1: Uh, maybe maybe that's the real secret to like relationships because PJ and I similarly it's Star Wars and Lord of the Rings so this just <laughs>
0: like this fully works as a theme. <laughs> when do I get a Lord of the Rings shelf on your in your bedroom, Crossland?
1: I actually have a Lord of the Rings shelf with a little smog on it. Um, just one. I enough.
2: have. Well, it's not my so when Josh's Nima passed away, she mm-hmm. um, bequeathed him the entire like Franklin Mint set of all of the Lord of the Rings like figurines. I told him, because we live in a very small house, but you can have one figure out. We are not having the entire cast of Lord of the Rings on this tiny little, like, we literally live in a shoebox. And so Gandalf is the one he chose. Smith so Gandalf oversee that. Is
0: that on a rotation or is it always Gandalf?
2: It's always it's always been candles, but we have I cannot tell you how many Tolkien books we have of different variations and versions. That's on a rotating thing because I'm like again, (laughs) like our our house is small, and I'm like, okay, this this season of Tolkien has to go in the box. I'm really sorry, honey. (laughs) Put him next to Dash Rendar, which I got him as a gift. Star Wars gift for me, so yeah.
1: I was gonna say, put the children of Huron down. It's okay. Nobody cares. It's fine. So, you can put that in the box.
2: When we were dating, because um, I've known Josh since we were thirteen. When we were dating, like I remember one date we had. We were sitting on his his uh, parents' porch, and he brought out the children of Huron and started reading it to me, which was very sweet, and romantic, but also <laughs> I loved it. But I was just like, so yeah. Lord of the Rings has a special place in our hearts. So does Star Wars.
1: Nice, nice. <laughs> We fall into two of the big three here, so that's that's good. Yes. We can ignore the, the Harry Potter fans in the audience. Yeah uh. amateurs. <laughs> amateurs.
0: <laughs> How dare you? Not like the the two bigger of the big three. So just to to continue this Star Wars thread a little bit. Prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy?
2: I hate you both. <laughs> I just felt like when when Cross put this on here obviously i was just like i don't even know how to answer this because like the the new the sequel trilogy had like its moments of hope almost almost and then like the problem that i have like i don't i i okay jeremy will never let me live this down i would have to say the prequels as much as it hurts me to say this because the only reason why i don't like him as much because Josh and his brother actually rewrote the prequels and how they wanted to, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, so good!" But I just feel like the the newest sequels were so unsalvageable. Even though Kylo Ren, so good, so much potential lost. I think I'm I'm still grieving the loss of potential. Where I can look at the prequel trilogies and be like, "I need something campy to watch today. Let's go there." And it's just like it it it's like doesn't smell like Teen Spirit. It smells like my childhood. So. Read.
0: That's a fair answer. Yeah. That's a
1: good answer. That's I mean that's that's a tough question. Um okay, so you're in general saying prequel because campy because campy joy. It's
2: campy joy and then just like sequel trilogy is just disappointment. I can't believe I'm saying this cuz I hate romance, but I really wanted a Reylo romance and we just didn't get it. We got like here's 2 minutes just going to throw you guys some peanuts. Good luck.
1: Yeah, deal with that.
2: I just uh <laughs> I am like mm-hmm like potential and the, like the, the scenery was beautiful it was just visually like spectacular but i just like i am such a huge fan of the mandalorian and rogue one that i'm like you could have done this why did we not like hire jean favreau just to be like the next george lucas but better like for everything like why 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 would you give it to jj J. abrams like the man can only do one trope and that is like the well, in this timeline, this happened, but I can't do this. I also really like Star Trek, so... <laughs> I, like,
1: part, of, part of me wishes that Star Wars or, like, dreams that Star Wars finds another way to erase their canon because everything is memes anyway, so who cares? Um, you know, just do what DC did and give up.
2: I, um, I, I, I'm here <laughs> for that. Like, like, like I will watch, like... Example, like, the Book of Boba didn't just start getting good until, like, now. I just... I, I hate that the mouse has Disney... Because I hate the mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Totally get that. PJ, where do you land on the, the sequel, prequel question?
0: Um, I didn't get as super into Star Wars as you guys did. Um, Ooh, that Lord of the, the Rings fan on his
2: high horse over there? You commoners.
0: <laughs> no, I... The Hobbit sucks. <laughs>
2: it did. It hurt <laughs> me. <just>
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. And I agree with you. But... I think I only saw I think I only saw each of the sequel movies once. So just out of sheer volume I'd go with the <laughs> prequels.
2: That that's that's a good answer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. cross did that's, you
0: answer? I feel like that's the right answer. Right, like
2: yeah. I feel
1: like that's the right answer. Like all of my soul wants to be the contrarian and just go like, no no no, it's the sequels are really good, guys. But also the other part of me is like I just want to pick the standalones, and I'd, like, just go with Rogue One and Solo, as opposed to either of the groups, yeah. because Rogue One's just the best. It is the best.
2: It is, like...
1: To fit the question, prequels.
2: I just... I answer that question with extreme reservations, as noted.
1: <laughs> it's it's just funny, because, like, there's so much reverence and love for Star Wars, yeah. right? And there's, there's all of this... Obviously, the fandom's massive for a bunch of reasons. And it's, like, a... It, this is so ridiculous because I've spent so much of my time loving Star Wars, but it's kind of like, it's a mediocre series totally in general. Is. But we love we love the mediocre series. We love our mediocre space wizards. You know
2: what? It's totally mediocre, but if it were not for, like, the video games for me, I don't think I would have loved it as much, if that makes sense. That's fair. Like, there's that mm-hmm. immersive part of, like, I'm going to go be a Jedi, or I'm going to go, like, Knight's Old Republic was, it shifted how I saw video games as narrative storytelling because of how, like, immersive that game was where I was just like oh my gosh mind blown I, I have to mm-hmm. just but the movie is like outside of the original trilogy which are be, but I love them to death It's just like the movie have always sucked and I mean that in the most loving possible way as someone who dressed up as Star Wars characters to non-costume function
1: yeah <laughs> that's just such a perfect bit of trivia <laughs> that I hope they <laughs> <it> got recorded because <laughs> that was so good <laughs> um <sighs> Irreplaceable. <laughs> Irreplaceable. Uh, I was not
2: a popular gosh. kid, cross.
1: No, I, I get that. I get that for sure.
2: What Mike. Okay, there we go. <laughs> i afraid this, this set good. has a mic. The other one didn't because they were a crappy airplane.
1: Uh, see, look at that. Leveling up mm. in the world, too. Well,
2: I stole these, so.
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Rip Josh's ears. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> he's the tech <laughs> he's guy. I'm not the tech person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could not have been, the timing could not have been better there that was <laughs> that could not have been better time for everyone at home. the phone just fell <laughs> and and again we're the ones who are
0: drinking <laughs> you were having a kombucha The kombucha might be too strong half a percent really uh really is getting to you huh
2: Anyway, um, what were we saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so getting out of getting out of kind of the Star Wars question, I wanted to bring up kind of part of the uh, Howler Holiday Bacchanal, which is something that you took part in, of course, um, in which you talked about a book yeah. you recommended to others and recommended The War of Art, yeah. which is by Steven Pressfield, which is one of my favorite books. Um, I probably read it once a year. I, I, like, absolutely blew up when you said that. <laughs> it was so funny because I was totally typing so many responses and, like, responding to people who were making jokes at me and everything else in the chat, and... I was sending it to the panelists. So I was just sending it to you guys the whole time. And I was just alone in this moment, but I did, I did go. Yes. I fucking love that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But if you'd recommend any other like non red rising book fiction or nonfiction to our audience, what, what are some of your like recommendations? What do you, what do you recommend? To other people?
2: Um, so I'll pick one that I didn't pick for the holiday Bacchanal. Cause for the holiday Bacchanal, I said, obviously project Hail Mary, because that's like, yep. Then I'll go wrong. I've only had one person be like, "I didn't really like it," and I'm like, "Oh gosh, okay, whatever." Uh, <laughs> the one, and then the other one I said was "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins, um, which I read every year, and that is War of Art. Uh, but the one that I will highly, highly recommend to everyone, especially in this day and age, is called um, "Trust Me, I'm Lying." It's written by uh, yes. Ryan Holiday, uh, uh, the Stoic guy. I suck, I can't with technology tonight, um, and. It is eye-opening, <laughs> yes. if you haven't read it.
1: Yeah. I, well, I have. Okay. It, was the, it was the first book that I read from Ryan, but I fucking loved that mm-hmm. book. It blew apart my brain. <laughs> right. And it totally does. Like, in the, It completely reshapes the way that you think about your interaction with outrage mm-hmm. and media. Yeah. And it's so prescient from when it was written, because you wrote it in 2011, published in 2012. And... Basically predicted the changes in social media because of what he was already able to pull off right. on his own. Oh my god! And disgusting. Just
2: even with the pandemic, it, with just how much like chaos happened. He, reading his book, I haven't been able to take a news source seriously since because I read it like in the middle of the pandemic. I don't remember. I, like I think he had. I I would actually followed him before I knew he wrote the book because um, I love this just the Stoics in general. And so he was, like, having a sale on it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll read it. But I was just like, holy shit, you've got to be kidding me. And so now I, I, tell, I, I had my dad read it, I had my brother read it, um, and everyone I can get to read it. Because I know it's not, like, everyone's cup of tea, but it should be in this day and age. So,
1: Yeah, it feels like it should be mandatory mm-hmm. material, yeah. to be honest. In media literacy in general. Like yeah. It's just a huge part of media literacy is understanding... Where people are getting their sources from, where they're cited, yeah. how, how deep are they going, what are they actually doing, are these are they taking anonymous tips was a great point there of, like, the number of stories that he just completely loaded with anonymous tips. That, just absurd. You
2: know, the one, I will say, if people are really interested in super boring, like, day-long documentaries that are extremely insightful, <laughs> um, if you haven't watched Century of the Self, I've seen it twice, I highly recommend mm. it, um, because it, it's kind of along the same lines, but... It goes into like the history of propaganda. And it's just, again, that's another one of those <laughs> mind blowing type pieces of information. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I'm lying is wonderful. Another awesome primer. Good, good picks. Those are in my <laughs> top five nonfiction books, both of those. So, God, it's sucking. Pulling mine. What about a fiction? Got any fiction oh, you'd recommend? Gosh, fiction. Are you?
2: Yeah. Um, I've been on a nonfiction kick lately. You know how it is when you're reading, like, fiction? You're like, the book Mm -hmm. you're reading is like, that's the best book I've ever read. So, like, it's whatever your most recent one is. Miss Born Era (laughs) 2 right now. (laughs) I
1: just finished the third book this afternoon.
2: Oh, gosh. I I actually really enjoyed those books. I actually really did. Um, Sanderson can be a little formulaic for me, but I actually really enjoyed them. Um, Let's see fiction fiction oh gosh you're gonna have to edit all of this out um i was i love like the expanse like the whole trilogy as far as like uh you know if you're if you've read red rising you're like what do i read next like the expanse is a good thing to leap into it's what i found um after i finished red rising i read dune again because it's dune so you know when we hang up (laughs) i'm gonna like text you be like yo cross like this is actually what i wanted to say but i didn't. So we'll go with the expansion. That's
1: fair. That's fair. That's that's a reasonable answer.
0: So you did mention that you had some experience and were sort of into stoicism before. Did that come before or after Red Rising? Before. And if before, okay. What were your thoughts on the way stoicism was presented? Subtly and sometimes not so subtly within the Red Rising.
2: I actually really loved the way it was presented. Um, I find the way our our Pierce's like how he weaves philosophy in just beautifully, and like I would say, Lauren is the most stoic character, at least in my opinion. And so I really yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't want to step on anyone. He this. is
1: Marcus Aurelius. I, like, I know. Let's just be clear. That's like, like, yeah, totally. And
2: <laughs> I actually really loved Lauren's character because of all of like his values and stoic type dealios or whatever. Um, so it, it felt true to like that science fiction Roman era to have stoic characters in there. It would have felt naked without them, in my opinion. So,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, we're we're through the series at this point. We've talked about it at length um, on the show. But that is one of those things that my brain constantly gravitates to is how he appears so magnific- magnificently um, intertwined philosophy throughout the series. It's just it's unprecedented in a lot of other cases. Like, it's just, yep, none better. That's
2: why it's been really hard for me to find a fiction book that I can be like, yeah, I totally recommend. Like the, I was actually talking to somebody on Instagram before this. And I told them, like, they're like, what was your last, you know, science fiction book you read? And I was like, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And they loved it. And I hated it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it so much. And it was just because it was pretty, like, like, it was long. I literally, while I was listening to it, I kept checking audiobooks. Like, is it ended yet? Is it almost over yet? It's ridiculous. Um, but it was super surface level. Like, I, I've gotten to the point where I feel spoiled with Pierce's background in, in ancient history. Where he's able to basically retell stories that would have I would have considered boring. But in a way that, you know, are very like illuminating to how we are as people yesterday and today.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's been one of the fun projects that I've embarked on over the last couple of months. I I recorded a video like two months ago at this point um, on like the follow ups to Red Rising, like what to read after Red Rising. And I think that that's it's a question that floats around on the Reddit all the time. It's a question that floats around inside these circles all the time. It's like nothing directly compares. and I'm like, well. I don't think a lot of series you can really directly compare, um, but I think the Expanse is a great example, right? I tend to also lean in the direction of the First Law series uh, by Joe Abercrombie. I need to I read to-
2: those. Everyone keeps telling it's me to so, read it.
1: It's so good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god, I could go on a rant. I can't actually because PJ can't hear anything about him.
2: Okay, well it's because we're
1: eventually going to cover them on the show. Knowing that, <laughs> no, we, you can't.
2: We have like the same <laughs> favorite, not our nonfiction. I feel like I'll probably really like it then.
1: They're so good. And there's that. And then recently also the Greenbone saga by Fonda Lee, um, are probably, are definitely the top two that I would recommend post red rising, um, Fonda Lee's in particular because of her appreciation of character and it it just feels, it, it's not obvious. It's not, um, it's like Asian mafia, uh, in, in kind of this interesting, like 1970s setting, um, and you wouldn't think that that would bring a good parallel to Red Rising, but it does, because the characters and the family and the sense of camaraderie and community, it's just, it's its wild. And it, in the same way it makes you question your morals, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, I'm going to read it then. So good. I, need,
2: I need some good uh, stuff.
1: Those, those are the two um, that came out of that as follow-ups, follow-up recommendations for folks. So... You've talked a couple of times this year about splitting PB Doodles and Grumpy Sea
2: Urchin. Is that the other one? Yeah, it's I, not good. It's, it's just, crazy? it's not its working okay. name. It'll change. I'm just like, I needed a... I love that name, personally. Really? Okay. But yeah. I just needed a placeholder, and I was just like, well, I guess.
1: Uh, but kind of switching that via, like, Sea Life Awareness uh, brand campaign, I don't know how you'd describe that page. We, of course, want to bring awareness to that. Can you describe kind of what that other project is? What, yes. what you want it to be? Um, what your goal is?
2: So- I'm hoping to launch it in the middle of April when I get back from my only diving trip this year. Sad day. But uh, so basically with like the Red Rising stuff, you know, it became a really awesome platform for like fundraising. And I've always, always have tried to figure out a way to combine art with like humanitarian charity issues. Um, Because that's like what I want to do. Like my ultimate goal in life is to be the next like Jane Goodall, but for like art conservation, if that makes sense. Like Jane Goodall is just like, I'm not going to say my idol because she's a human and makes mistakes too. But like, if, if I could like model my life after someone, it would be her. So my thoughts are like, you've got the red rising and the science fiction concept art, which is like a huge passion of mine, but I wanted to split it into something that is more sustainable, if you will. And so I've been working on an entire different line, completely not science fiction related of, um, how can I put this without giving too much away? Um, Basically, it's a nature series that is very tongue-in-cheek, satire, humor-related. Um, it's uh, traditional art, uh, ballpoint pen. I'm painting with coffee, so that's the coloring. It's coffee. Um, there's going to be stickers. There's going to be like prints, cards, whatever. And then my goal is to have minimum twenty percent of all profits go to. Um, nature conservation charities, and that's that's the long-term goal. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I want to get into coffee shops. That's the kind of stuff that I want to sustain, like figure out a way to sustain my art business um, coming from a business point of view because, you know, I'm not... I, I love Red Rising, but it's not where I want to stop, you know? Like, I don't want to just be like, well, here I am, and this is my one trick pony. So um, mm. because... I hate college, and even though I have a degree, I don't want to go back and get my, like, master's in marine biology, and so my only real way of getting involved with um, conservation and getting to be around animals is to go that route. That was very long-winded. I don't even know if I answered the question.
1: No, I think you did. Um, also, our podcast is long-winded,
2: so. Okay. are <laughs> <You're okay.
0: laughs> we're, we're long-winded okay. people. Yeah. In general. No, that's that sounds yeah. awesome. I'm in the same boat as far as school goes, but I did end up going back to school. <laughs> Where so are you
2: go back to school for
0: ready to be done. Mechanical engineering. Nice. So I've got less than a semester left. So ready to ready to finish that up. I am finally. Yeah. Totally make that work. I that's so like such a cool project and. I will absolutely be contributing. I'm so,
2: really excited. Super, it's kind of cool. one of those projects where I'm lo- like giggling to myself, like while working on these stupid drawings. I love them. They're so fantastic. I am tooting my own horn. I'm sorry. But when I am doing them, I am laughing. So you all know. like.
1: I mean, that's, that's the best way of doing it. Like I always think of um, the Edward Gorey alphabet. And like I've been on a big Edward Gorey kick. So I ordered like four Edward Gorey art books um because i just i love it it's so good uh recently and i was just like i need that in my life and i can i can just even with your 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 subtle description i can just kind of imagine the direction and even like some of the the like day in the life um like comic strip-esque things and explainers that you posted remind me very much of um the oatmeal in their own way in like a small small format way i love the oatmeal
2: Yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, you know, I just want something that's super lighthearted. And I, I think everyone, no one actually grows out of their I love animals phase. They just kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you can bring uh, humor and conservation together, I feel like that is like the ultimate goal. I, that's just always been my passion. And it's just, it's it feels like it's time now. I feel like I'm like competent enough to make another business work. That's not just like Freelance, so we're gonna give it a go. <laughs> yeah, to try.
1: That's that's so exciting. Yeah,
2: so you know, if I'm just yeah, if you hear like frustrated screaming from across the country, that's just me trying to be a business owner again,
1: <laughs> starting up the next big thing. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Right. I definitely understand that. PJ, did you have any other off the cuff questions that had pulled out of your?
0: I mean, I, you mentioned that you're probably going to text Crossland later, say like this is what I wanted to say. I'm sure I'm going to think of things <laughs> later, but uh, this has been such a fun time <laughs> yeah. getting to talk to you and hearing your insight on all these things. Um, I don't have I don't have any off the cuff questions. Okay,
2: all right. This is
1: this is so interesting. So we've we've actually never done an interview, right? So we've never actually interviewed someone. So this is completely different for us because generally speaking. It's like a it's like a group, you know, it's like a single focus group conversation or something like that. So we'll, we'll be talking about other stuff. You know, this is worthwhile. What character do you relate to the most? And which one do you resent the most out of Red Rising? Let's just we'll just dip back in.
2: Um, I hate that question, Cross. <laughs> you get an effing interviewing <laughs> skill for putting <laughs> it on spot. I'm sorry. I was so mean to you the other day. I didn't mean it. Um, okay, I'm really gonna have to think about that one. Who do I relate to the most? I'm definitely not a gold. I can tell you that right now. Um, I, you know, who do I resent the most? Like, what do you mean by resent? Is that like somebody I wish I was type of resent? Or?
1: Um, like dislike for their, their opinions, their stance, their world, you know, who do you, who are you? I mean.
2: Like all of them. it can them. be any reason. Most actually, yeah, almost all, all of, of them. them, and I think that's why I like the book so much. Is because I get to a point where I'm like, "You're all assholes. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, you know, and you know, it changes. Like when you read the books again, like there's sometimes i mm-hmm. will you read a book, and I'm like, "I hate Darrow. Like, what is wrong with him?" Darrow sucks. Ah, yeah, so you're like, "What's wrong with you?" Um, so it kind of changes you know, who I resent based on what I'm reading and how I'm feeling that day, because they all have their assholey moments. And as far as who do I relate to the most, I almost feel like I can't answer that question. I feel like somebody who knows me really well would have to, you know? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you want to project, like, I want to be this character. And you're like, there's no way in hell you're that character, lady. Like, wishful thinking. (laughs) I don't know, but I do know that I would be a cracked-out Violet for 100% sure. So... (laughs) I can tell you that. Perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. PJ, I need to hear yours. At this point, you've had some distance from the series. You've had
0: some time, you know, finally to process. I've had some time. Uh, who do I,
2: I? I don't know. See, Man. right?
0: We're supposed to be asking the tough <laughs> questions here. We're not supposed to be answering them.
2: Cross is on his shit again.
0: I'm on my power. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> I think. Is it going to do it? Is it going to? Is it gonna answer I, the question? Is it gonna? Is it gonna work? Is it gonna answer? It, it? Am I gonna answer? <laughs> am I gonna answer it? I'd I'd probably I'd be somebody just on the ground floor of everything. I don't think I'd I don't think I'd want to be elevated in any sort of way. So some orange somewhere, elevator operator. <laughs> um, I think I think that's right. I'm I'd imagining land.
2: like this like we're all cast of characters in Red Rising, but instead of being Red Rising, it's like Arrested <laughs> Development. It's uh.
1: You know, they've never been depicted poorly. Like, browns feel like they get off easy for how low they are in the hierarchy, right? Like, it feels like Pierce probably doesn't want to write about browns because there's a meta name problem there. Um, <laughs> but, like, on top of that, there's so little, like, context yet. Yeah, so I feel like if you want to escape notice, you might be a brown like, you just, you're just kind of doing chores. I don't know. Yeah. Pop in an audio book. Hey. Audio log, yeah. I'm sure. I would
2: not want to be a pink, though. Like, of all of Cooks the colors, man. like, ugh. No. Mm-mm. I'd rather be a red. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> <worse>. <laughs> I think so. They pretty much. I think so. Yeesh. Yeah, I feel like. They've definitely got um, the worst.
2: This worst. just, like, the, the worst. Yeah.
0: No. <sighs> couldn't, yeah. couldn't agree more. All right, so. That's pretty rough. Um, I do have, I do have. Like most hated character, oh. Um what's his fucking name? The uh, you hate him a lot. <laughs> starts with a P, the P. Copper Copper guy starts with oh, a P. Publius oh. Caraval? Yeah, Publius.
2: He's a piece of garbage. Yeah. Yep,
0: piece of trash. It was
1: so much yep. fun going through that series and like talking to you. And you're you're just so up. You're so positive about this dude. Like I think everyone is. They're like, oh, this guy is the incorrigible. He's the good guy. And you're like, and he's he's standing for all these things. I was just sitting there snickering the whole time.
0: Like, I can't believe he's falling for it, just like I did.
2: <laughs> Pierce is about to just wreck his world.
0: There are so few people that I fell for. Yeah, There's so so few of those situations. Um, he gets us all? That was
1: that one. Yeah, he got me. that one. That one got, got PJ me. so hard that he was like. I called him our boy. <laughs> like, he is not our boy.
2: You just sit in a dark room for a couple of hours and just think <laughs> about things.
1: Contemplate hours of past recordings. <laughs> like, can we go fix that? Can we delete yeah. that? Can we fix my opinion? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Publius is, Publius is fairly awful. I can, I can agree with that. Um, He's got a shitty name, there's too. That. There's that. Publius. <laughs> Publius. Publius. Publius pooplius. Pooplius is more accurate. You know, I would I'd go ahead and argue for um
2: brought in the poop jokes.
1: <laughs> oh man, we can't we can't help it. We can't stop. It happens every time. <laughs> no, we don't we don't we we ne- We always arrive here on accident. Like it's not <laughs> It's okay. I'm going to flush right away from that <laughs> joke and go into <laughs> I've grown to particularly (laughs) appreciate the Ash Lord and reread more or less like, you know, um, but Atlas especially is detestable and a wonderful character. Like he is a character that I resent, but in in the most interesting sense of the word, because like he could do the right thing, but he's choosing not to.
2: Correct. Um, Correct.
1: And your portrayal of him is incredible, in particular, like him holding the sword backwards and kind of that, that stance against his back. I freaked out when I saw that. I was like, and then the mask, and then you've got the mask, and it's just like the baby face. It's a little bit too much, <laughs> but it's just right. Come
2: in for your happiness, Cross.
1: I felt it seep from me that day, <laughs> and it has never returned. Like a lost dog <laughs> in the darkness. No. Um, <laughs> I could keep going. We keep digging this hole. All right. So to wrap it up here, we don't we've I I'd spent all day trying to think of a question that we would end these with consistently. That could be fun. But for the time being, since I haven't thought of a good one yet, and maybe I'll repose and we'll just do a quick ten minute ha. <laughs> what what have you been into this week? What's your like new thing? What's what's your recommendation for Oh
2: gosh. Okay. So right now like what I'm reading. Instead of
1: not living in the East. Not living in the East. Um,
2: you know, I Josh, like, right. what do you like here? I'm like, oh, it's just interesting. I don't know if I want to live here unless it was on the coast. Um a little flat.
1: The coast is great. I live on the coast, ah, but
2: lucky. Like I was like, can we please go to the coast? It's like it's three hours away. I was like, oh, fine. Um, yeah. So I'm finishing up a, a book called Fuzz this week, and I love it. It is a fiction. It's a nonfiction book. It was written by a science journalist. It's talking about where like people and animals meet, uh, like animal attacks and like problem nature. It's, it's fascinating. It's hilarious. It's depressing. Um, wonderfully written. So I'm into that. Um, good grief. I'm a boring human. Um, you know, my life is very boring. Um, so I had grits for breakfast. That's the first time. Like, all of the, like, exciting stuff has happened today. Like, I had grits for the first time, and I saw a Waffle House sign, which I thought only existed in Reddit lore, next to, like, really (laughs) effective mods, and, like, what's another Reddit lore? Or the Bermuda Triangle. I didn't know the Waffle Houses actually exist, but they do. And that was, like, mind-blowing for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't...
0: Have you stepped inside one yet? No,
2: I'm afraid to, because I have read the Reddit stories. And so I'm just like, <laughs> no, thank you. Um,
0: I don't know if it's real it's until you so step But it's so good. But
2: uh, it's so good. The sign was enough for me. Um, <laughs> and then okay. I went to That's the fair. zoo today, which was super exciting, because I got to go by myself. And I was literally, like, the only person there. And... I got really excited because I got to hang out with all of the animals for like as long as I wanted to. And usually I'm rushed through it. But it was so like all of my exciting stuff was literally today. Like within the last twenty-four hours, I have the most interesting human being on the planet. All the other three hundred and sixty-four <laughs> days have been wildly boring. There you go. All right.
1: That's that's solid. That's a good that's a good list of recommendations. PJ, what are you into? What do you have? Let's hear uh, it.
0: Uh I want to you a new one.
1: <laughs> that doesn't
0: count. I've been learning about metrology.
2: Ew. Oh, have you guys <laughs> Which listened the
0: study of precise you measurement go on
2: the ologies podcast with Ali Ward? That's a good podcast too.
0: The ologies podcast? I don't know
1: but I've heard, right so no, heard of it.
2: It's so good. You guys should listen to it. And now now that you're an ologies person, you should totally be like, "Yo, Allie, let's talk about whatever you just said."
1: Oh, that's right. actually that's a really interesting concept.
2: <laughs> it's it's super entertaining. Like I listened to the Squid podcast, the toothologist was like Fascinating, and then I listened to the coral one. Of course, I basically listened to all the ocean ones. Of course, like that's very predictable of me. So,
1: ah, yes, that fits your brand entirely. So it just it just makes sense. It just tracks. That's that's it, PJ. Just metrology again. This is the second week in a row that you've said that. Did I say that last like week? Three weeks ago, it was something like that. I asked you for like the I mean, fun thing that you're doing, and you're like, "Okay, I'm taking right. a so the, What I've been doing, like, maybe you're a bigger nerd than I thought. <laughs> like, maybe you're really into <laughs> the way things are measured
0: for some reason. So, I've been building out dog kennels for the last couple of weeks. Underneath our like in our crawl space under our um, under our kitchen, we <laughs> we've been building like a built-in dog kennel for both of our dogs. Um, and it's finally coming, like finally all coming together. We got the bars in. We got all of the walls like sheetrocked and painted, and we're painting like paw prints and bones on the back wall. We got wallpaper up on wow. the outside of it.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm really excited cool. about it. It looks really, really good.
2: I was gonna say kennel room,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah,
2: awesome. yeah.
0: It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been. A lot of new skills. I got to buy new tools.
2: I feel like this is so, perfect for a mechanical engineer. There you go. You, you built stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's has been great. Been building stuff. Um, I'll throw a picture of it into the document. What about you, Crossland, while I'm, while I'm putting this together? Wow, now that I'm on the spot, all of a sudden I'm like, did I do anything interesting this week? Um,
2: yeah, eat <laughs> the know. shade you've been throwing everyone. <laughs>
1: um I finished the shade. I finished the third Mistborn era book today, Bands of Morning. And uh, beyond that, I guess the new Dimension 20 season has started. And so I've been watching that. Dimension 20 is a live play role play. Actually, it's not really live play, but it's it's a group of six people sitting at a table. um, But it's a little bit more curated and kind of, you know, it's generally a nicer presentation, but it's a ton of fun. Um, so I've been watching those new episodes in addition to working way too goddamn. Much.
2: Hey, Hey, <laughs> yeah, I feel that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess that's it. i we haven't, we didn't write an outro for this either. Um,
2: all right. Yeah. Let me, How do you
1: end interviews?
2: Shit. Um, <laughs> like that you just scream shit and then you just call it good. <laughs> Cut. <laughs>
1: Actually, I, I do definitely understand. So where where can people find you? Thank you again so much for coming here, hanging out with us. Contact you if we need to re-record the first bit.
2: Oh, where can people find me? Uh, you can find me yeah. at, on Instagram at PB Doodles. That's like legitimately it. I have, a, I have a TikTok account that I never use, which is also, I think. Actually, I don't remember what it is. I don't use it, so...
1: And then the projects that you're working on as well are going to be through or that are that are coming out or have came out. Um,
2: You will find. So when I'm ready to release the second half of Peepie Doodles, I will announce it on my Instagram page. If you like my art and want to support me in paying my bills, uh, I have an Etsy shop. It um, also linked into the Instagram page. Yeah, that's where you can find me. I always always.
1: And then Kickstarter shit escalates Oh, yes. And...
2: Um so that launches at noon Eastern Standard Time on February 1st. Uh shit escalates will release the uh, website link and then I will share that on PB doodles as well. Um Yeah. That's
0: Do we know what date that comes February up? 1st. Is that Yeah, everything's February, February
2: 1st, okay. noon Eastern Standard Time that I know, I know it's February first. I think it's, it's noon some time zone. I don't, I don't really know. Don't ask me if a time zone right now. And that'll, it goes until for a month, so 30 days. So like ends, I think it ends like March 5th, I think. And then you can buy as many as you want. There's talks of keeping the card decks in the Shit Escalate store going forward, but all of like the special Kickstarter versions and whatnot is going to be on the Kickstarter version I don't know how much I can say about it, so I won't... I can. (laughs) Well, this isn't coming
1: out until the day or after. Oh! Okay, well, in that case,
2: um, there's going to be... um, uh, You have the House Mars deck. um, There's the um, Olympic deck, uh, which has, like, the pyramid on the back. That's the $20 card deck. I'm pretty sure shipping is included. You have the House Mars deck. Then you can buy a box of... Some of them have Gilded Edges. Some of them are going to be signed by Pierce Brown. You can buy like a brick of eight if you want a brick of eight. Like, There's so many like versions you could buy. So awesome.
1: That is fantastic. Super excited for that. Um, we'll have links to those, of course, in our show notes, um, as we always do for all of the things that people talk about on the show. Uh, and yeah, that's been the show. I guess PJ, we will record a sign off some other time because I don't know what the fuck we're going to put here. <laughs> I think you should just um, say that.
2: That's like, yeah, I think that's a good ending.
1: So that's where we're going to leave you for this week, folks. Thank you so much for coming and listening to the short pour. This is a new project that both PJ and I are working on. We're super excited to share with everyone. It's, it's a fantastic new thing that we're exploring and, and producing. We're very excited for your support. This, all told, is going to be found underneath Words and Whiskey. Uh, So you don't need to follow any new social accounts or anything like that. We're just going to use our current existing social accounts. However, there will be a new podcast feed coming out relatively soon that will house any of the new ones of these after February. So we are doing three additional or two additional episodes, excuse me, this month on top of this one. The first you just listened to, that's the PB Doodles episode. The second is going to be an episode covering romance novels uh and the range of romance to smut and kind of talking about with a full panel of awesome and excellent women about how that ranges that comes out on valentine's day february 14th and then the third episode is going to be our interview with rob hart uh upcoming his upcoming release the paradox hotel as well as discussing some previous things in his catalog we're very excited for all three of these episodes and can't wait for you to hear them if you're looking for something to do though, leave a review, share this. This is going to be a new thing, and we're very excited to uh to pursue this and get this new avenue out there to everyone. So thank you again for all of your support. You can follow us on Twitter, Words Whiskey Pod, Instagram, same thing, Reddit, same thing. You can contact us at WordsAndWhiskeyShow at gmail.com and support us over at patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey. We've got all kinds of tiers launching actually in conjunction with this episode. So if you checked out before, check it out again today. We've got some new things coming out, including the ability to sponsor your own episode and make PJ and I talk about something that you love. You want to hear our opinion on it? Well, you you can buy that now. (laughs) All right. Have a good one, folks.